Another huge machine learning acquisition. Artificial intelligence in the Olympics. Image completion with deep learning and TensorFlow. And how you can win a free ticket to the O'Reilly AI Conference in New York. Plus a bunch more on This Week in Machine Learning and AI. Hello and welcome to This Week in Machine Learning and AI, the podcast where I bring you the week's most interesting and important stories from the worlds of machine learning and artificial intelligence. I'm Sam Charrington, and today is Friday, August 12th, 2016. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. So last week, after the show, I talked about the inaugural AI conference being organized by O'Reilly. The conference looks like it'll be really good with just a ton of top-notch speakers, and I'm really looking forward to it myself. I mentioned the discount code that O'Reilly set up for us, which will give you 20% off of registration, and I'll include that in the show notes for today's show as well. But I also mentioned that they've offered me a free conference pass to give away to a Twimmel listener. So here's how the giveaway is going to work. You'll need to do one of these three things in order to enter. First, the preferred way of entering is via Twitter. Just follow at TwimmelAI, T-W-I-M-L-A-I on Twitter, and retweet the contest tweet that I'll pin to the account and will post in the show notes. Just do those things and you'll be entered. Second, if you're not on Twitter, you can sign up for my newsletter at twimalai.com slash newsletter and just add a note, please enter me in the additional comments field. Finally, if you're not on Twitter and you aren't interested in the newsletter, no problem. Just go to the contact form on twimalai.com and send me a message with that form using AI contest as the subject. Any of these three ways of entering is fine. The drawing will be open to entries through September 1st, and I'll announce the winner on the September 2nd show. Good luck, and hope to see you in New York. Since we're talking about O'Reilly, I thought I'd remind you that the free offer for Twimmel listeners for early access to the Mastering Feature Engineering ebook is still available. To get your free ebook, which will be updated as it's written, go to the link that I'll include in the show notes. Now, on to the show. Okay, on to our big story for the week. Can I just start off by saying wow? On the heels of last week's $200 million acquisition by Apple of Turi, Intel announced on Tuesday yet another acquisition in the machine learning and AI space, this time with the $400 million acquisition of deep learning cloud startup Nirvana. This is another really exciting acquisition, so let's take a minute to unpack it. First of all, for those not familiar with the company, Nirvana, spelled N-E-R-Vana, is a two-year-old company developing software, hardware, and cloud services for deep learning. The company was originally founded to build hardware for speeding up deep learning, and it's this focus that made it so attractive to Intel. The company's first hardware product, due next year, is a custom deep learning chip called the Nirvana Engine. This ASIC chip is similar in focus to the Google Tensor Processing Unit, or TPU, 
which we highlighted in the very first episode of This Week in Machine Learning and AI back in May. The company has also released a software product called Neon and operates the Nirvana Cloud. Neon is an open-source deep learning framework like TensorFlow Cafe or Theano. Relative to those others, which you hear about here on the show pretty much every week, Neon is known for being particularly fast, especially on NVIDIA GPUs. Neon doesn't have quite the popularity of some of these other frameworks, though, in part because it was initially a proprietary product, only recently open-sourced back in May. The company's cloud offering is especially tuned for running deep learning jobs and will eventually incorporate the Nirvana engine chips. So back to the acquisition. This is a great deal for the company's founders and investors. With $24.4 million in funding to date, and the price reported to be as high as $408 million, Nirvana returned nearly 17 times to investors, which is home run territory for most VCs. At the same time, if you'll allow me to Monday morning quarterback a little, I'm kind of surprised that they decided to sell so early in the game. The company is extremely well positioned in two really hot spaces, deep learning and cloud computing, and the team's only been at it for a couple of years. Projecting out a couple of years, it's easy to see Nirvana with a billion-dollar valuation, assuming they continue to execute. This makes me wonder what the team saw in the market that said that now was the time to take the money off the table. Of course, it's certainly the case that Intel brings a lot more to the table here than cash. The company has vast resources and expertise in the chip-making arena, and they could certainly help accelerate Nirvana's plans. It's also the case, though, that the company faces stiff and growing competition. Google, for example, offers everything Nirvana does. Google's TensorFlow, released about eight months ago, is by most measures the most popular deep learning framework. You'll recall we discussed Francois Cholet's analysis of the deep learning framework landscape back on the July 15th show. Google also sees TensorFlow as becoming an on-ramp to the Google Compute platform, their own cloud offering. And GCP has TPUs, which I just mentioned and which the company announced back in May. So perhaps the Nirvana team and investors looked at the long slog ahead and decided that now was the time to sell. I do wonder if, long-term, the lack of an upside in terms of stock options makes hiring top talent become more difficult for the company. So that's just the Nirvana side of things. What about Intel's side? Well, while this is a pretty small acquisition for Intel, I think it's a smart move on their part. That's because, despite numerous investments in the space, as recently as their investment in Nirvana competitor Cognitive Scale, Intel has really been struggling to tell a story around machine and deep learning. The problem they're facing is that NVIDIA is just eating their lunch when it comes to chips for deep learning applications. In fact, NVIDIA also made news this week when they announced record revenues and a more aggressive sales outlook. The reason for the improved outlook? Well, quoting CEO Jensen Huang, one particular dynamic sticks out, and it's a very significant growth driver of where we have an extraordinary position in and it's deep learning. He continued, The last five years, we've quietly invested in deep learning because we believe that the future of deep learning is so impactful to the entire software industry, the entire computer industry, that we, if you will, 
pushed it all in. NVIDIA's lead in deep learning has really been a sore spot for Intel of late, to the point that several articles have commented on interviews with company data center chief Diane Bryant, where she became ruffled at the mention of Intel's lack of presence in the machine learning market. According to the MIT Technology Review, market research firm Tractica pegs the market for AI-related chips at under $1 billion, growing to $2.4 billion in 2024, a small figure compared to Intel's 2015 revenue of $56 billion. But Intel missed the boat on mobile, and PC chip sales are declining. And there's weakness in data center and IoT revenue growth as well. So while machine learning and AI are an emerging market, just at the beginning of the growth cycle, Intel simply can't afford to sit this one out. This still gives them a much-needed story around deep learning, and if the company is able to execute, a foot in the door of this nascent market. Moving forward, the integration poses some of the same challenges I mentioned in the context of Apple Turi, namely executive focus, but I also think this plays to several of Intel's strengths. In particular, while I've seen the company struggle trying to independently build and sell enterprise software, the company does a really good job of building and selling through reference architectures. If Nirvana ultimately becomes a reference for how to build out a deep learning cloud using new and traditional Intel hardware combined with open source software, this could drive significant future adoption for them and begin to turn the tide. There are also a good number of possible tie-ins to take advantage of here. One is with Intel's open source project, the Trusted Analytics Platform, or TAP. Also, let's not forget that Intel holds significant stakes in big data company Cloudera and cloud builder Mirantis. This is getting a bit ahead of ourselves, sure, but there could be some pretty interesting collaborations between these projects and companies over time. All right, I feel like I could probably spend a whole show just talking about the ins and outs of this deal, but we're not going to do that this time. One more tidbit, though, before the jump. At the end of last week, the Washington Post announced that their Olympics reporters would have new help this year from a bot called Heliograph, which will take over the tedious job of publishing event results via the paper's Olympics blog, on Twitter, and on Alexa. The Olympics is a beta test of sorts for the Post, and the company's already planning its next use for Heliograph in delivering election results come November. Heliograph is ultimately a system for creating stories from data, not unlike that offered by Narrative Science, a company that I railed on a few weeks back for serving up sloppy information about a survey they recently completed. I won't rehash all the details, but you can find them at twimlai.com slash 10. I told you I'd update you if I heard from the company regarding my complaints, and I did. Shortly after the podcast was posted, Narrative Sciences' VP of Marketing reached out to let me know that they appreciated the input and updated their report and infographic to be more clear. Kudos to them for the follow-up. Okay, tech stories up next. Last time, we discussed the high-density deep learning supercomputer being developed by Orange and CocoLink Korea. I mentioned that one of their challenges was in fact that they were as yet unable to take advantage of all 20 of the GPUs in the system. And in the case of the Orange CocoLink system, we're talking about 20 GPUs in a single system. 
When trying to use a more conventional, distributed computing approach to accelerate deep learning, the benefits of parallelization become harder to obtain with each incremental computer because of the I.O. bottleneck between them. To help address this issue, Fujitsu announced a new parallelization technology that shares data more efficiently between machines, promising to make it easier to do deep learning across many GPUs and systems. To demonstrate the benefits of their approach, they trained an AlexNet learner using the CAFE framework on 64 GPUs in parallel and demonstrated a speed increase of 27 times versus the single GPU system. Unfortunately, we're not given a lot of implementation details in the materials that I read, and while the paper was presented last week at a conference in Japan, the conference site is in Japanese, so I wasn't able to determine if the paper is indeed up there somewhere. If I do end up finding it, I'll be sure to post it in the show notes. Next up, in addition to announcing its earnings, NVIDIA also announced version 4 of its Digits software. Digits is an open-source web front-end for the CAFE framework, providing management and visualization of deep learning jobs. Digits 4 introduces a new workflow for object detection that allows you to train networks to detect objects and images and define bounding boxes around them. To allow users to easily use the new workflow, Digits 4 also provides a new reference neural network architecture called DetectNet. DetectNet is based on the GoogleNet architecture, which was one of the winners of the 2014 ImageNet Visual Recognition Challenge. Digits 4's object detector adds a number of custom data layers and functions for things like ingesting training images and labels, determining object coverage and bounding boxes, and for model validation. NVIDIA has posted a couple of nice articles about digits and DetectNet that are worth a look. This week, the Google research team updated the tools in its natural language understanding toolkit. You may recall that back in May, Google Research released SyntaxNet and Parsi McParseface. SyntaxNet is an open-source neural network architecture for building natural language systems running on top of TensorFlow. And Parsi McParseface is a very accurate, pre-trained English language parser that's based on it. While the idea with SyntaxNet is that it can allow third-party researchers to build their own parsers for other languages, In practice, this has proven challenging, and the results seen by other researchers thus far has been less than stellar. Google Research believes that there are several reasons for this. The first set of reasons relates to the inherent complexity of the SyntaxNet model. First, there are a number of model hyperparameters that need to be set correctly, and doing this takes quite a bit of trial and error. In addition, Model training is very computationally expensive and time-consuming, and in order to get all the settings correct, many model versions have to be trained to identify the settings that work best. The next set of reasons is tied to differences between English and other languages. Specifically, for languages like Chinese where words aren't separated by spaces, using SyntaxNet requires auxiliary tools for text segmentation. Similarly, for inflected languages, where words can change to reflect number, gender, grammatical role, and more, understanding the syntax of a sentence requires tools to understand word morphology. 
To address the latter set of language-specific issues, Google Research has updated SyntaxNet to include text segmentation and morphology abilities. To address the former issues, well, they really just went ahead and solved the problem as a whole for a whole bunch of people by releasing a set of 40 new language parsers called Parsi's Cousins. I'll be linking to the announcement on the Google Research blog, and GitHub is the place to dig into the details. Definitely take a look. Okay, once again, I came across a ton of cool projects this week, but I'm also really short on time, so I'm going to share one high-quality resource that I think you'll learn a lot from if you have the chance to go through it. This is a post called Image Completion with Deep Learning in TensorFlow by Brandon Amos, and it's very detailed and well-written. In his post, Brandon explores the problem of image completion, which is used to fill in missing or corrupt parts of images. Image completion is similar to the content-aware fill features you might be familiar with from a tool like Photoshop, where it's used by photographers and designers to fill in unwanted or missing parts of images. The post is essentially a review of a paper by Raymond Ye, Chen Chen, and others from the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign called Semantic Image Inpainting with Perceptual and Contextual Losses. The paper presents a method for using convolutional neural nets and generative adversarial networks for image completion. While the paper considers a number of inpainting scenarios, including images of faces corrupted by noise and missing pixels, and similarly affected images of numbers, Brandon's post deals only with images of faces with a central block of pixels missing. In the process of reviewing the semantic image inpainting paper, Brandon also spends quite a bit of time walking through the paper Unsupervised Representation Learning with Deep Convolutional Generative Adversarial Networks by Alec Radford and Luke Metz of Indico Research and Sumith Chintala of Facebook AI Research. So far, this segment sounds like what you'd expect from a story in the research section and not projects, but Brandon's review is complete with code samples, and he's put together a ready-to-run implementation of the paper, which he provides links to. As a bonus, I also found his thoughts on TensorFlow and Torch, which he presents as an appendix, to be a pretty interesting read. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. That's all we've got time for today. A quick reminder, definitely check the show notes for a review of how to enter into the drawing for a free ticket to the O'Reilly AI Conference in New York City. Catch you next time.